You're listening to a podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Emeline Ramos. So you know that I proposed to La Doctora, right? I proposed to you about a year ago. Yeah, a year ago in March. Off-Broadway run. It was amazing. Uh, it was a momentous occasion. Right. Opening weekend with Tito on stage in front of everybody. Yep, in front of everybody. You almost said no. Well, I did say no, but I wasn't saying no to you. Yeah, but I didn't know that. Right, right, right. If you had said, oh, babe, let me just say no, no, because I'm in shock. It's not no, no to you, because I remember you said six no's. The no wasn't to your question. The no was just to like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in shock. Yeah, yeah. And I started asking myself that question. (laughs) What am I doing? I love you. Now, originally, we had planned to have the wedding February of 2020. Right. And then we were like, nah, it seems like we're rushing a little bit. Right, because last summer we bought a house and we were doing a lot of renovations to the house. And obviously we were putting money into the house. Yeah. (laughs) It just felt like too much. It felt like you were doing the planning for the house and I was planning the wedding and we weren't on the same page. So let's push it, we said, till October of 2020. And then the coronavirus happened. Yes. And a lot of people have had to cancel their weddings or rethink their weddings because of this whole uh, pandemic thing. I can't even imagine uh, how a bride that's a po- that was supposed to get married at the end of March and April and May, how they feel right now. Because I know that planning a wedding takes a lot of time and effort and money and it's it's stressful. It can be stressful, you know? And for them to have to like cancel or postpone, I just feel really bad for them. We are now in that situation in the sense that we have to start thinking about possibly changing our wedding plans, right? So we have to rethink our whole idea. And it made me think about just weddings in general. Because you know this would be my third. Right. Okay, I'm not a rookie. You are. This is your first. <laughs> yes. So we have to keep that in mind, too, because I'm thinking, Ta bien, eh, let's just get married, whatever. Pero to you, it's your first. To you, it's still a big deal. It's my first and my last. We hope, right? So Mira, this, nene. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we thought, you know, let's look at weddings in general and let's see if we can break them down. Because as you know, weddings are very ceremonial. Right. And sometimes we do things without even realizing why we do them. That's how ceremonial weddings uh, are. So let's take a look at some of these uh, rituals or ceremonies that have been passed on over the years. Like, for example, bridesmaids. You ever think of why a bride needs bridesmaids? They're like your posse. That's like your your crew. It's interesting you say that (laughs) because years ago... Um, the idea was that a bride would surround herself with bridesmaids to protect her from her exes. Really? Yeah, like in case like an ex wanted to come and like disrupt the wedding and stuff like that. That was your posse. Wow, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, but even before that, do you know why uh, bridesmaids all dress kind of the same? No. Because it was meant to confuse and distract evil spirits trying to spoil the bride's happiness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow, I love I love this. This is a very interesting information. Except now, a, a bride will pick uh, ugly dresses for the bridesmaids, I guess, to scare away the evil spirits. <laughs> okay, so what about the wedding cake? What's the history behind the wedding cake? You would think that it's just a cake, but where does it come from? Why do we need a wedding cake? Did you know that back in the day, there was no cake? The groom would just eat this loaf of bread. He would eat it, and then he would crumble the rest of it over the bride's head. 
for good luck. Then the guests would like scramble around her feet to pick up and eat the crumbs in order to absorb the good luck. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't even try to get any ideas. You are not spilling bread on me. I'm not saying I'm getting <laughs> ideas. I'm saying this is the history. Yeah, but that-, that people would then like throw themselves at your feet to eat the crumbs to absorb that good luck. You imagine? Can you imagine if you go through all the trouble of eating those crumbs and then you find out they're divorced? <laughs> That's why you got to be careful when you eat food off the floor. Yeah, I know. No, then the tradition became that the bride would push pieces of the wedding cake through her ring for good luck. So in other words, she would like squeeze the cake through her ring, right? Mm -hmm. Then you as a guest would take that piece, you'd put it under your pillow, and the myth was that you would then dream of your future husband. What? If that was the tradition to all the weddings that you went to, would you have done that? Would you have like taken a piece of the wedding cake that the bride pushed through her ring and put it under your pillow? Would you have tried that? No, I don't think I would have. I think that's pretty disgusting. No, I mean, it's not. you're not going to eat it. You're just going to put it under your pillow. And under the pillow so it could stain my pillow and my mattress? Just one night. No. Mm -mm. For the sake of finding your future husband. You know, when I met you, you were kind of at your your wit's end. I was. You were ready to give up. (laughs) So if somebody had said, listen, take this cake that I'm pushing through my ring, put it under your pillow, and you (laughs) might just dream of Ellie. I mean, oops, your future (laughs) husband. I don't know. I guess maybe I was kind of desperate back then. So maybe I would have. But I can't fathom the idea of putting like old cake under my pillow. Because then you'd wake up and you'd be like, I didn't dream of my future husband, but I dreamt of cockroaches. And then you lift up the pillow and there'd be cockroaches. And you'd be like, oh, my God, that's not the dream that I wanted to come true. Yeah, I'd feel like it would just attract rodents. No, not, not doing it. How about best man? The tradition behind a best man. Did you know that back in the day, best meant like strongest and best with a sword? Because a best man was assigned to fight off enemies and attackers during the ceremony. Wow. Okay. That was the best man. Because I guess back in the day, weddings were like a a cause for war. I thought you were going to say like the best man was like the runner up. Like in case something happened to the groom, if somebody attacked, like the bride would then marry the best man. Whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't like a vice president (laughs) thing. This isn't. What are you talking about? I don't know. That's what just came to my mind. Like if I died, you'd have to marry the best man. No, that's (laughs) not the way it works. What if my best man was my father? I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that's how it is now. I'm just saying that what if that's the way it was like back then? No, back then the best man was like your bodyguard. Oh, by the way, do you know why the bride stands to the left of the groom? Have you thought about that? No. The bride always stands to the left, right? When Uh, you reach the altar, the bride's always to the groom's left. Why? Because back in the day, the groom had to protect the bride with his left arm. And so he could have his right arm to use, you know, his, his sword. Oh, okay. To fight anyone who would try and steal his wife. Like we're in medieval times or something. Weddings were, you know, not very joyous. I guess not. It it was almost like a fight was expected. Now, could you imagine that one wedding where you didn't get a fight? Where no one attacked you? What would that mean? Well, that would mean que nadie la quiere. You know, you, you <laughs> don't almost, you'd almost be looking at your, your bride like, Get that, nobody wants you. Like, nobody's willing to fight and die for you. Bendito. You know what I mean? Like, you're not you're not even worth the trouble. You're not like, worth it. 
Like nobody's fighting, nobody's coming out for you like this. I'd be like, uh, you know what? Tú una hermana. Let me look at your sister. <laughs> I'm saying because if I'm I'm ready, I'm gonna marry somebody. I'm ready to go to war, and no war breaks out, and then you're like, ah, is it really worth it? You know what? I picked the wrong sister. <laughs> Okay, how about this whole uh, you can't see each other the day of the wedding? Where do you think that comes from? That's like bad luck. It comes from arranged weddings, right? Because back in the day with arranged weddings, families didn't want you to see each other because if you did and you didn't like what you saw, you'd change your mind and call it off. Oh, yeah. That's the whole reason for the veil. The veil comes from no. the tradition of arranged marriages so that when you would lift the veil is when you would first see the bride that you were about to marry. You were like, surprise, it's right. me. That's where the whole runaway bride comes from because if you think about it, the bride was the first one of the two to see the other person. Oh, okay. So remember, the bride's got the veil, but the groom got no veil. Right, right. The groom's exposed. So when the bride would, you know, be at the at the back and she, you know, she'd be like, no, nah, I'm not, ma me voy. Yo me voy a casar con este gordo. I gotta go. And that's when the best man would be like, I'll get her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You may kiss the bride. <laughs> All right, so how about crossing the threshold? You know, the, the tradition of carrying the bride over the threshold? Yes, I've heard of that, but you, I don't know what it means. Okay, but you've seen it in movies, you know, when the, the groom carries the bride over the threshold. Why? Where does that come from? So back in the day, a bride was not allowed to show that she was excited to leave her father's home. Okay. So you couldn't have a bride that was like excited to like enter her new home, right? Mm -hmm. She had to be kind of reluctant. So the groom would have to quote unquote force her over the threshold. So he would have to like carry her in. So like carry her into their new life together. Like, so like mask her like emotions kind of. Right. Like this is not what you want, but I know what's best for you. So I'm carrying you in. Right, right. Let's not disappoint Poppy, but let's, you know, let's make it seem like you're struggling with this. Right, right. Like you're emotionally reluctant to leave your father's home and join mine. Again, what if, <laughs> right? You're with your new bride and she opens the door and runs in. No hesitation. <laughs> right? Then you'd be like, eh, you know what? Tu sabe. What if like, you know, the bride's father is like, llévatela, you know? Yeah. You know, I'll help you unpack. I'll bring the stuff in. Then you'd be like, ah, maybe, maybe a loca. You maybe, know? I should, maybe you should keep her. Yeah. Again, tiene otra hija. I can totally tell you that my dad would be like, no, no, nena, quédate conmigo, quédate conmigo. Because I know my dad wanted me to stay home. <laughs> yes. Clearly, I'm going to have to carry you through the threshold <laughs> after our wedding. So you need to start working out. Okay, how about the tradition of the white dress? Why does the bride's dress have to be white? Because it signifies purity, right? Because you're supposed to be a virgin when you get married. Wrong. What? Well, yes, you're supposed to be a virgin. But <laughs> <laughs> no, wrong. Did you know that back in the day, all right, like before the mid-1800s, brides wore red. Ooh. Red. It wasn't until 1840 when Queen Victoria married Prince Albert that she broke tradition and decided to wear white. Did they say like why red was the color back then? Because of love, the oh, heart. Oh, okay. Right? That makes sense, yeah. Blood, because, you know, it was forever. Because yeah. on your wedding night, you're supposed to like bleed. No, why <laughs> did you go there? No. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be a virgin. No, yes, but no. <laughs> yeah, virgin without the blood. <laughs> white actually represented wealth, not 
purity. Oh. Now think about this because back in the day, women wore dark colored dresses. Okay. Right? Because it's mm -hmm. not it's not like there was a laundromat around every corner. Para que no se vea así cuando se ensucie. Right. So if you wore white, you were wealthy because you'd have to throw that dress out after wearing it once, maybe twice. You get me? So if you wore white, you were rich. Because that basically meant you were throwing that dress out. You get me? Right. So white became this symbol of wealth. Oh. So when you got married, people wanted to show off their best, so they would wear white. I never knew that white represented wealth. You know how sometimes they have like these like all white parties where everybody dresses up in white, you know? I guess that's supposed to be something foo-foo, right? Like everybody's well, supposed to be... It's certainly not a purity party. No. No, certainly not a virgin <laughs> party. Let's go! Put your drinks up! What about the ring? Why do we put the wedding ring on the fourth finger of the left hand? I have no clue. I'm really bad at this. Yeah, yeah you are. You I really am, are. I know nothing about you weddings. You must never have gotten married. Obviously. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Yeah. Why the fourth finger? Because it was believed that the fourth finger of the left hand contained a specific vein that led to the heart called the vena amoris, Aww. vein of love. I love that. Yeah, it's since been debunked, okay? <laughs> and uh, proven false. There is no such vein, vena amoris. No vena amoris. But we still do it. But I never heard of that in med school, so I guess it is true. There's no vena amoris. But notice how you were still swayed by it. You were like, oh, it, I want that to be true. Yeah, I did. I want it to be a vein that goes directly to the heart. Can we just say that I have one? Because this is your first wedding, yes. And my last. One. Because I've been married a couple of times, it's been debunked uh, <laughs> as a result of my divorces. It's been debunked. <laughs> but yes, you have the right to believe in it. How about the day you get married? Okay. So, okay. so you know we struggled with this because oftentimes the day you get married depends on the venue that you select. Right. What's available. So it's not like you can just pick whatever day. Or I guess you can but then you'd be limited by where you celebrate it. Right, because a lot of these venues, like, they have their booked months, years in advance. So it's like if you have a particular date in mind, it might not be available at that venue. So how did we come up with the day this year? It was the only Saturday in October available, really in all of fall. And so, you know, I didn't really want to get married that day. And that ended up being October... 31st. Right. <laughs> which is Halloween. <laughs> Right. So we ended up deciding to get married on October the 31st. Which is a Saturday this year. And then the corona thing happened. And then the world turned upside down. But we decided to still keep that date. Yes. Again, because Saturday is an ideal day to get married. Right. Everybody wants to get set married on a Saturday. When you think of marriage, you think of it's going to be a Saturday night. Did you know that back in the day, Saturdays were considered terribly unfashionable? Why? Back in the day, there was actually a popular rhyme that helped brides pick a date. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Monday for wealth, Tuesday for health, Wednesday's the best day of all, Thursday brings crosses, Friday brings losses, and Saturday is for no luck at all. What about Sunday? Yeah, I knew you'd ask that, but think about it. Sunday was the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Why would you get married on a Sunday? So that God could bless your marriage on that day. Think of all the looks you'd be getting from the rest of the congregation when you would decide to take up all of Sunday and all of Sunday service so that God could bless your wedding. So everybody else there got married on a Wednesday or a Tuesday and you chose to take up Sunday worship service to have your wedding. How many people do you really think would be happy with that? <laughs> huh? 
Nobody, just be you and the groom. That's it. Even God would be like, really? You couldn't do this on a Tuesday where I could focus just on you? Now I got to take up all of Sunday worship to just bless you guys? And everybody else got married on Tuesday. Mira, Marta got married on Thursday. You know, she got crosses. And Ruben got married on Friday and he got losses. And you wanted to do it Sunday? You're going to last like two years. This is Jesus. Sorry, God. <laughs> hey Okay, so let's talk stats for a second. Did you know that on average, 5,000 couples get married each day? Wow, that is a lot of marriages for each day of the of the week. Like, that's a lot. 5,000 people? 5,000. Okay. Each day, there are 2,400 that get divorced. About 50%, which right. is the divorce rate. A little under. Yeah. Right? That equals to one every 36 seconds. <laughs> oh, so that means during this podcast, uh-huh. 45 couples Got divorced? Will have gotten divorced, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you can also look at it this way. During this podcast, 100 couples got married. They're happily married, too. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the divorce rate, because you always hear about this, right? Right. Like you mentioned that it's about half. Right. Statistically, 41% of first marriages end in divorce. Okay. Second, what's the percentage? Um, I'm going to say about 30%. Why do you think the percentage goes down? Because you would think that the second time around, you're like getting it right, right? You learn from your mistakes on your first marriage and you pick somebody more compatible with yourself and you know, you don't make the same mistakes twice. Bendito. See, you've never been married. 60% of all second marriages end in divorce. The percentage goes up. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I can't say it's not true because my you second- You meet those statistics. My second marriage ended in a divorce as well. Yeah. Okay. What about third marriages? What percentage of third marriages end in divorce? The trend seems to be going up, but I want to say that it doesn't go up. So let's go with, okay, let's go with 50%. So why do you think it goes to 50%? So you're saying it's roughly like the first? I guess I wasn't expecting the rate for the second marriages to go up. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that by the third time, oh my gosh, by the third time, they really know what they're doing. Bendito. (laughs) You've never been married a couple of times. 73%. 73%. Stop it. Yes. 73% of all third marriages, which by the way, this would be, uh, ends in divorce. Why are you reading me these statistics? I'm just saying, you, you're you a doctor, right? You know about stats and numbers, right? We're dealing with numbers here, okay? <laughs> this is, you know, weddings is half about love and half about numbers, okay? My anxiety level just went through the roof. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay. Remember, this is my third, but it is your first. Yes. Okay, so the way you look at it is, to calm your anxiety, is you have a 59% chance of success because it's your first uh, wedding. And me as my third, I have a 27% chance of success. <laughs> but if we add them together, see, uh-huh, because we're a couple, we're getting married together. Right. We have an 86% chance of success. That's a very good number. I see like that? that number. I like it. That's like a B. So basically, if there's a lesson from all this, yeah. if you're going to get married for the third time, definitely marry somebody who's never been married before. You know what I thought we'd do before we wrap this up? I thought we would discuss like bad wedding stories that people have written about. 
just to feel better about ourselves because we might not have the ideal wedding that we've always wanted this year, but it could have been worse. Right. Like this one lady wrote, I had a friend get married in a forest. It was a stretch of meager woods between two cornfields. Mosquitoes galore. We had to sit on logs that were covered in damp moss. The mud was ankle deep in places and the ceremony was inaudible due to a tractor plowing the field. They served food out of an old charming cottage that was actually a rotting former chicken coop that the groom literally dragged in from elsewhere. The entire event was a nightmare. I'm cringing. I'm cringing. Like, I probably would have left if I was a guest. You see? There's no way. That's unacceptable. Yeah, and that was somebody's dream wedding. No, stop being cheap. That's somebody trying to be cheap. How about this one? This couple did a potluck wedding, but no one brought any food. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> left after the first dance. ¿Quién lo manda? <laughs> Why do you do a potluck wedding, Sangano? Again, Gee. stop being cheap. How about this one? They went to a wedding at a lake. It had stunningly beautiful scenery, which looked great on the wedding photos. What you couldn't see on the wedding photos were the algae that had formed in the lake due to the warm summer weather and the resulting death stench from the algae killing all the wildlife in the lake. Oh my gosh. So again, it looks pretty. Right. But the stank. You never know. Like a lot of these like haciendas that you know you look at, you're like, you have to realize some of these might have like horses. You have to go in person. Right. You have to visit. You have to smell the environment. Right. Does it pass the eye test? Yes. Does it, does it pass the smell test? Probably not. Right. Do you smell it? That smell. A kind of smelly smell. A smelly smell that smells smelly. Look at this one. The wedding party was late for everything. They were an hour late to the ceremony. They were two hours late for dinner. Then they decided to do speeches before the meal, so there went another hour. Then they played a stupid game where they played a song, and if your table guessed the song, you could go get in line for the buffet. My table went last because none of us had very much knowledge of country music, and by that time, it was another hour that went by. Come on. This is How you going to make them wait three hours and then play a trivia game to decide which table goes first? You're getting married. You're not playing a game. It's not like you're in your in your living room, like hanging out with your friends. Like you're at a wedding. See, but I wouldn't even play like that. I would just get up and go to the buffet. Yes, I know. You would just get up. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not playing. I'm hungry. I'm just going to get up. What are you going to be like? No, sit down. I'm, I'm up. I'm not playing no game. Country music. As soon as they said it was country music, I would have been like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to be eating while you guys struggle to figure out if Garth Brooks played that. Right. I wouldn't know either. So we would be stuck at the last table also. No, we wouldn't. You'd be right there with me eating <laughs> alone. We'd be we'd be in the line by ourselves while everybody was like, oh my God, is that, who's that? Mathiah Twain? Is Mathiah Twain an artist? <laughs> I don't even know country music people. Neither do I. But it sounds like a Twain. Shania Twain, do you Ma mean? Look at that. I said Mathiah. Okay. Who the, who's Mathiah? That's why I wouldn't play because I would never eat. <laughs> How about this one? Cousin's wedding. The couple were both really happy and sweet. Everyone was having a good time and were a bit tipsy from the alcohol. Out came our weird aunt and kept grinding against every visible male member present. Needless to say, watching your 40-something aunt rub her butt against another 40-something relative is not a pretty sight. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in 
your face, you get sprung. Siempre hay una. Well, that's why, you know, when you got alcohol, that's, that's why you have to really look at your guest list. You know, there's an A list and there's a B list. Really think about those people on the B list. Yeah, and really think about, you know, open bar. You know what I mean? I know. You don't have to invite everybody. No, yeah, and be careful when you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe have some, you know, security stand, standing by. You That's know? a good idea. Yeah, have a little security. Be like, excuse me, mira, eh, Titi Carmen, you gotta go. You know? <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta sleep this off right now. Yeah. <laughs> We've had way too many complaints. My whole boy's trying to warn me. How about this one? They ran out of bottled water at a reception in a non-air-conditioned church in July. There weren't cups on the tables either, so we couldn't even fill them at a sink or drinking fountain. There was no alcohol, which is fine, but I don't really dance without being a few drinks deep. We left immediately after the cake cutting, drenched in sweat. Mm. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to provide alcohol because that does get people, like, moving and makes people happy and they and lose if, all inhibition. Right, and even if you're dehydrated, you're okay because you're too buzzed to realize. Nobody cares at that right. point. My brother's wedding, it says. My parents and I have helped him through a lot of trouble in his life. Prison, addiction, etc. He's clean and clear now, but I don't think he's ever understood what those years did to our family. His wife was wedding crazy, so it was all about her. Which is fine, except her family had all the front tables. We were stuck down the back behind his rehab family. They had three hours of speeches where no one thanked or acknowledged my mom or dad, who had given them $20,000 for the wedding. Wow. We were then the last table to get up to go to the buffet, by which time nothing was left. It just showed me that people never change. He's still an idiot. Now he's just an idiot with a wife. I feel bad for that family. You know what I mean? I can relate. You know who I do feel bad for is the parents. The parents should have never given them $20,000. I know. They should have given them $20 and be like, Good luck. Ask her family and your rehab family to pitch in for the rest. Some people just never change and you really have to know not to let people like really like abuse, abuse your love. Right. Yeah. And they do. Last one. Here we go. Went to my cousin's wedding in November in New York that took place in a barn <coughs> with no heating whatsoever. Everyone was freezing their butts off. The bride's dead father had recorded a message for her, which she didn't know about. They had to stop the wedding for an hour while she cried. And the bridesmaids cried with her. Worst wedding ever. Dito. I think something like that. You can't just spring up on a bride How you gonna that, do that? the day of. Who thought of that? Who thought of, I mean, you couldn't do that a couple of days before. Who said, oh my God, her father left her a message. He's dead. Let's just wait until like they're at the altar. And when they say, does anyone have anything to say? Then let's press play. That's a beautiful thing for him to have done for her. But that should have been done privately. Yes. Like not at the wedding. Maybe a couple of weeks before. Right, Forget a couple right. of days. A couple of weeks so that in between the call, the message, and the wedding, she would have ample time to go to counseling. Right, to process, you know, the fact that her father won't be there. Yes. That was cruel. Take some yoga, meditation, pills. You know what I mean? Drink a lot. Right, because as the groom, I'd be like, oh, there you go. Okay, there goes the honeymoon too. 
that was the podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Emeline Ramos. For more information on my shows, mi gente, you can go to elliecastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Bye. I hate country music. Alabama needs a shake. Put me on a bus pointed to Detroit. Turn up Sam and Dave, I hate country music.